Welcome to Speaks for You Incorporated's podcast, Progression. On today's episode, Brithadia shares the three keys to moving closer to your goals. No matter who you are, where you are, or what you've done, your life should be a continuous progression towards who you want to become. So grab some coffee, relax, and enjoy today's episode. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Ms. Stripling gave me the theme for this occasion. Um, Dr. Michelson, it is good to see you. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, Ms. Stripling gave me the theme for this occasion, uh, moving closer to your goals. Moving closer to your goals. Will y'all help me this morning? Please help me. Moving closer to your goals. And I love this theme. I love it for one reason in particular, because I believe that we have, for some reason or another, overcomplicated the concept of goals. For some reason, we've really overcomplicated this concept of having and achieving goals. We made it a very difficult conversation to have. I remember uh, not long ago, I was talking to somebody about my goals, right? And I'll tell you how the conversation went. I'm talking to them and I'm telling them about my goals. And the lady asked me, so what you want to do in life? Right, with the attitude and everything, she asked me just like that, what do you want to do in life? And I told her I wanted to get involved in policy. I wanted to be uh, involved in political science, which is what I got my degree in. Uh, I want to be involved in politics. And she asked me, well, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to do that? She took it a step further and then asked me, well, how are you going to do that if the economy is this way? And how are you going to do that if you have to raise this amount of funds? And how are you going to do that if Oklahoma is this way and the nation is this way? And then she said something that I really, really despised. She said, well, why don't you just do this? She tried to write for me another vision another goal for my life. She tried to give me something that she believed that I should do. She tried to give me an aspiration to have. Well, it's not her job to do that. You've got to have your own goals. You've got to have your own vision. You have to have your own aspirations, your own motivations for your life. People will try to make up a goal for our lives. People will try to tell us what we should be doing. It comes from friends, it comes uh, from coworkers, it comes from family members, siblings. Parents can be perpetrators in trying to get us to do a certain thing for our lives, but it is up to us to have our dreams, have our goals. And when this happens, when people question us, it causes us to start to doubt our own goals. And we start wondering whether we will ever have the resources to see our goals come to fruition. We start to doubt whether we'll ever have the time to go back to school. We start to doubt whether we'll ever be motivated again to do the thing that we've always wanted to do. But if you don't take anything else that I say today, take this one thing. Don't let nobody talk you out of your goals. Don't let nobody talk you out of your dreams, out of your aspirations. Langston Hughes said in one of his most noted poems, hold fast to your dreams. But I like this. I like this theme. I like this theme because um, I believe that there are three pivotal, there are three quintessential, there are three paramount, there are three important. I'm just trying to use big words. There's the three, three important things I believe we must do to move closer to our goals. The first thing I believe that we should do to move closer to our goals is have them. 
you got to have goals. If you're going to move closer to your goals, you got to have goals. And I know, I know this seems like it's very obvious. It seems very simplistic. But you would be surprised by how many people go through life without having goals. I'm serious. You'd be surprised by how many people watch this travel through life without having a destination. I really, I think about it in that same fact, in that same, in that same way that I think about when I think about people who don't have uh, goals and aspirations and dreams for their life, I think about it as if they're planning to go on a trip, right? They plan to go on a trip and they pack up their bags and they put their bags in the trunk of their car. Um, they're going on a trip. They don't know where they're going, but they're going on a trip and they put their bags in the back of the trunk and they start driving and they just, they're driving, right? They're driving. They get on 35 and they're driving south, south Oklahoma City, driving, passing more. They're driving. They don't know where they're going. They're driving. Go to Norman, past Norman, they're driving. They're still driving. They exit off somewhere. They get tired of driving, so they decide they're going to pull over and ask somebody for directions. Right. Ask somebody for directions. So they pull over at 7-Eleven, ask the clerk, hey, I'm trying to get, and they can't say nothing. Why can't they say nothing? And why can't he help them? Because they don't know. to. If you're going to have, uh, if you're going to move closer to your goals, you have to have goals. You have to have a destination. I believe, I believe some of us are victim of this same thing. We start going through life. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, January, all the way to December to do it all over again. You don't have a goal. You decide to pull over and ask somebody for directions uh, to somewhere you don't know where you're going and they end up routing you to a place you never intended to go. Here you are 30, 40 years down the line. You're working in a field you never had an interest in. You work in a profession you never had a passion for. You've got to have goals. Come on, help me somebody. You got to have goals. What do you desire to do in your lifetime? What is it that you just constantly think about? What is it that, that just constantly invades the space? You think about it 24 7, 24 hours of the day. Somebody says sleep. <laughs> think about it all the time. Well, you can sleep. When you wake up, make your dreams a reality. What is it? What is it that you would do? Have a goal. I think about having a goal when I goal plan and I sit down and I strategically try to plan out goals for my life, plan out goals for a year. I think about what goal that I can have that's bigger than me, that involves more than me, and that benefits more than me. It's bigger than me, it involves more than me, and it benefits more than me. I start thinking about what have I noticed about society? What have I noticed about this world that I want to be a part of helping to change? Maybe it is you've noticed that there is an inequity in education. You've noticed that minority students and our uh, sometimes white counterparts don't receive the same education. While one school has good facilities, the other school is decrepit. Uh, one school has good books. The other school, you can't take from school. You want to be an urban school teacher. Maybe it is you've noticed there are a disproportionate amount of health issues affecting minorities. And so you want to be a doctor. You want to be a physician. 
you want to be a nurse. Maybe you've noticed that too many of our young African-American males are being killed by law enforcement. You want to be a police officer. Maybe it is you've noticed we have dismal numbers in uh, the sciences, science, technology, engineering, and math. And so you want to be a biologist. You want to be a chemist. Whatever it is, have a goal that's bigger than you, that involves more than you, that benefits more than you. Who can I ask? Who can I ask in the Bible to come and help me make this point? Come here, David. Come here, David. David had a goal that was bigger than him. I encourage everybody to read 1 Samuel 16 and 17. It will show you that David had a goal that was bigger than him. Y'all remember the story. Hopefully y'all go to Sunday school, so hopefully y'all remember the story. They told it in Sunday school. 1 Samuel 16 and 17, David has a goal that's bigger than him. Maybe you don't remember. Let me remind you. David has a goal that's bigger than him. David is young. He's the youngest of his brother's Seven brothers, he's the youngest. He stays at home to take care of the field with his father, Jesse, while his other brothers are off at war fighting in the Israelite army. They're fighting in the Israelite army, and at this time, the Israelite army is facing the Philistines, right? And, and David's at home, and his father makes him essentially a water boy for the army. He tells him to bring food to the army and to check on his older brothers. And so David does what his dad tells him, go to check on the, his older brothers and bring them food. And he goes down there. And while he's down there checking on his brothers, he overhears this big guy. He overhears this big guy. He hurling insults at the Israelite army. And David is there while the Israelites, they backed up because they were scared. David's young and he's small. And David stood there. He said, who is he talking to? Hell and insults at my God. He saw that his brothers and the other people of the Israelite army were scared. So what David did, he went to the king. Walked to the king. He said, king, I'm going to fight him. He said, your army is scared. And so I'm going to fight him. The king said, no, you're too young. You're inexperienced. You're small. You can't fight him. David said, lest we forget God delivered me from the hand of a lion. He delivered me from the hand of a bear. I'm going to fight him. He said in, in, in 1 Samuel 17, he said this. He said, the same God that delivered me from the hand of the lion will on this day deliver me from the hand of this big Philistine. He said, I'm going to go fight him. King said, if you're going to go fight him, take, take my armor. Put on my helmet, put on my, my boots, put on my shield. Go fight him. David puts it on, but because he's so small, it was too big for him. David decides to take it off. He said, I'm going in the name of God. Takes off all the army. He goes in his regular clothes. And on his way to go fight Goliath, he picks up five smooth stones. He gets a pouch and a sling. And it cracks me up because it really looks like a purse. He puts these five smooth stones in a pouch to look like a purse, and he goes to go fight Goliath. And here's the thing, Goliath is mad. Why is Goliath mad? Goliath's mad because he's a big guy. And the Israelite army thought so little of him in his mind that they sent their smallest person. He thought he was going to have a real fight. They sent the smallest person. And Goliath says to David, when he sees David, he says, I'm going to crush you. I'm going to kill you and feed you to the birds. Oh, David said, you got all that army. You got all those weapons. He said, surely this day, 
He said, I come in the name of the almighty God. He said, I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to feed you to the birds. David took, he had five smooth stones, but he took one. Somebody said he sung it one time for the father, one time for the son, one time for the Holy Spirit. And down goes Frazier. David goes down. Goliath goes down. There it is. David had a big goal. But why is it that David conquered this big goal? Why is it? What, 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 what is it about David that allowed him to conquer this big goal? Well, let me tell you what it is. 1 Samuel 17, 37, 1 Samuel 17 and 45 reminds us that David knew that God was with him. All it was. David kind of said like Paul in Romans 8 and 31, if God be for me, oh, who can be against me? God is for you. Who can be against you? You will soon realize when you start planning out your goals, it takes God. It literally takes God to open the doors. It takes God to bring the right people in your life. It takes God to get you into that school. It takes God to help you keep your mind in that school. It takes God to help you get into that internship, that job. It literally takes God. So if you're going to move closer to your goals, you got to have goals. But you've got to have God. Notice I didn't say you got to have a God. There is but one God. And you got to have him. Either you have him or you don't. There's no gray area. You've got to have God. I said having God is more than just having God. It really is. God brings about the situations, the circumstances, and the people that will help propel you to your goals. Remember reading the story of Ruth in the Bible. It's a short story. If you have the story of Ruth, it's a short story. Ruth um, was married to a man by the name of Elimelech. She's married to Elimelech. Elimelech has a mother named Naomi. Ruth is married to a man named Elimelech. Elimelech has a mother named Naomi. Elimelech dies. Ruth's husband, Elimelech, dies. Naomi's son, Elimelech, dies. And they decide, Naomi decides that she's going to move back home to Bethlehem. She's moving back home to Bethlehem. Ruth says, well, Mom, that's her mother-in-law. She said, Mom, if you move into Bethlehem, I'm going with you. Naomi said, no, you stay here. You'll surely be able to find somebody else here. You'll surely be able to find something else to do here. You stay here. Ruth decides where you go. I will go. Your God will be my God. So Ruth decides to, to, to go with her mother-in-law, Naomi. They go to Bethlehem. And while they're there in Bethlehem, Naomi sends Ruth to the field to gather grain. And while she's out there gathering grain, she catches the eye of somebody. Not just anybody. She catches the eye of a wealthy landowner, the person whose field she's working in. And he does like some of us brothers. He, he said, who is that? Good God Almighty, who is that? Catches the eye of Boaz. Boaz asks who that person is, and his servants uh, tell him, that's, that's Ruth. She's taking care of her mother-in-law, Naomi, whom she has no obligation to. Watch this. You know the story. They end up marrying. Boaz blesses her. They end up marrying. 
They have a son by the name of Obed. Obed has a son by the name of Jesse. Jesse has a son by the name of David. David is the great times 31 grandparent of Jesus. Watch this. Because Ruth trusted the process of God, she became blessed, but she also became a part of the genealogy, a part of the story of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You have got to have God. You got to have God. Trust the process. You got to have God. I'm done. I know. Look, they're looking at me. I'm done. I know I'm done. I know I'm done. Here it is. I was, I was um, at my office here. I work at state office. I'm a policy analyst, state office. And the main attorney in the office has this picture in her office. And I just thought it was just ugly. It, I just didn't understand. I knew she made a lot of money. I'm trying to figure out why she has this ugly painting in her office. And I'm looking at this painting. And I'm like, oh, why do you have this up in your office? It's a painting of a turtle. A turtle is on a post, sitting on a post. Post is about five, six feet tall. It's ugly. It's boring. It's a boring picture. Why does she have that picture in her office? So I said, why do you have this picture in your office? She started laughing. She says, Bert, that picture keeps me humble. I said, how in the world does this ugly, boring picture keep you humble? She said, when I bought this picture, I looked at this picture for 10 minutes before I bought it. The painter was selling the picture. 10 minutes, I'm looking at this picture. And I was wondering, this is my boss talking. She said, I was wondering, how did that turtle get on that post? How in the world did that turtle get on that post? The painter looked at her and said, ma'am, you got it. Somebody had a turtle and put it on the post. You're wondering why some of our older people are clapping. They're clapping because they can say just like that turtle, they are where they are in their life because it was God who lifted them placed them, centered them where they needed to be, centered them in their careers. It was God who did it. You've got to have God. I'm done. Last one. You've got to have gratitude. My parents, I was raised by the older generation. My parents, 40 years older than me. And uh, I was raised by older generation. My parents has always taught me that gratitude will open up doors your career can't open. It taught me gratitude will open up doors that your degree can't open. It said gratitude will open up doors your looks can't open. You've got to learn how to say thank you. They said thank you goes a mighty long way. I'm telling you, there will inevitably be people who help you get to where you are in life, where you want to be in life. Never forget to tell those people thank you. I had a question, what if the only thing standing between you and achieving your goal is a simple thank you? What if your promotion is on the other side of thank you? 
What if that job, what if getting into that school, what if, what if that internship is on the other side of saying thank you? I think and I believe, I believe, I believe God wants to do more for you in your life. But you haven't thanked him for what he's already done. I tell you, reading Luke 17, 11 through 19, in that passage of scripture, Jesus heals 10 men with leprosy. Only one of them had the time to come back and say thank you. Only one of them. All of them received the same healing, but one of them said, I've got to run back and tell God thank you. Never forget God. Never forget the people who helped propel you to your dreams, your actions in life. Always take the time to say thank you. With that, I say thank you for the invitation to come today. Thank you so much. God bless you.